Hello Stage Doorcasters, it's Cliff here. This is just a quick note before we start the show to explain that although we mentioned the Piccadilly Theatre in this podcast briefly, this was recorded before the ceiling collapsed on Wednesday evening. Now we're going to cover this properly next week and in fact next week's podcast, episode 15, is coming out genuinely next week. Uh, on Wednesday or Thursday. So look out for that. Just a quick explanation. Now I'll return you to our pre-titles chat. Firework displays and big bangs in the middle of the night, but uh, we'll draw a veil over that. (laughs) And scared cats. Yes, unfortunately, scared cats. He's uh, been under the sofa more than he's been out. Although uh, our cat, Dexter, is made of sterner stuff. He he resolutely shot out of the door to go and see what was going on. There's all these explosions (laughs) coming on. Then he came in and he was completely saturated and just plonked himself on my lap. It's cost me a fortune in dreamies, I tell you oh, that. Other, other cat treats are yeah. available. Let's get let's get on with it. Let's the show. get on with it, yes indeed. <laughs> Stage Doorcast, episode 14. Good afternoon, Richard. Hello, how are we all? I'm very well, thank you. And and for the benefit of our listeners, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 6th of November, mm. uh, just so that people know, uh, because then they can sort of work out what we're talking about, how it all fitted together. There's quite yep. a lot to talk about this week, isn't there? Well, we've, we've got a lot on the list, haven't we? There's so, loads. Um... I thought last week was jam-packed, or rather last fortnight was jam-packed, but this one is even more so, I think. You get value from our podcast. Yeah, you really do, don't you? (laughs) Where would you like to start? Well, shall we start with a bit of news? Um, I'm looking at our list, and actually, it's a bit of news which you put on the list, but I'd all all seen as well, but I think it's really good news, and it's the news that uh, Curtain's which, of course, is on tour and we, we talked about last show, is mm. actually going to come into the West End for a that's, small engagement from December really, the 13th. That's really good news, isn't it? I mean, yeah. actually, I mean, there's a lot of things coming back into the West End over Christmas, aren't there? And yeah. uh, we're going to mention a few of them, but Curtains certainly um, is good for me because I've, I've now booked to see it. Excellent. So, well, um, you will not be disappointed. I hope not. I, you know, and on your recommendation, I'm sure I won't be. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. No pressure. Uh, no pressure at all. <laughs> but I think it's actually quite an interesting story anyway, not only because I think personally I think it's a great show, but I think what's interesting about it is that it shows that this show, which, you know, has, has been touring now for a while and, and is carrying on touring until next April, that they have enough confidence in it to think... Yeah, we can do three or four weeks over Christmas. Yeah, well, that's good. And obviously, some of some of them, uh, some others have as well, because Girl from the North Countries also. We'll just talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, that, that's really good that they've got the confidence, and it's obviously doing well. And it's there. It's at Wyndham's. Yeah. Um, from what is it, December the thirteenth to January the eleventh. Yeah. And then so it it's will. Resume its tour straight after that. So yeah, I'm good. not sure if the casting... I mean, obviously, the, the main cast are all in it. Uh, so Jason Manford and Carly Stenson. I'm not sure if Aurea Dubra is in this uh, no, Christmas I've, run. No, I'm not sure either. But at the moment, his part is being played by Andy Coxon, 
who um, I saw in Yank a couple of years ago, and uh, he was Tony in the recent uh, Manchester production of West Side Story. And um, I've seen him in a couple of cabaret things. He's really very good. So um, if he is um, playing that part in the West End, then, you know, that will be equally as good, I would imagine. Yeah, I think it. But I think generally, whether or not uh, you like the show, I think it's very positive... Um, that a show like that can find its way into the West End for even a limited engagement. So Curtains is at uh, Wyndham's from December 13th till January the 11th. So yeah. um, I think I'm going on the 13th, actually, so I think I'll be going on the very first night. Unlucky for some. Well, I hope not for me. No, Let's... I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> and al- Also, talking about Christmas, we have mm. to talk about Christmas as it's approaching uh, rapidly. Mm. Um just a quick note we've talked already about white christmas which is coming back into the dominion yeah um and that opens on the 15th of this month so which is i think the end of next week the end of next week oh by the time you hear this podcast probably the end of this week so um uh so that's something to look forward to And, and i actually think although we've talked a lot about the dominion being a big stage and a big theater i do think white christmas will fit it rather well well, it has before, hasn't it? And yeah. I think it did all right. But there are already some deals around. Maybe that's just because, you know, to get things going. But um, if you're interested in White Christmas, I did see some ticket offers just yesterday <clears throat> online. So, you know, just search for the title and the Dominion, and I'm sure you'll get some ticket offers. I mean, I don't know how long they'll last, you know, once they start selling through the box office. Exactly, there, yeah. There they go. So, um, it, if you can, it's always good to book early, isn't it, I suppose? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's good. And, I mean, another one, uh, I just mentioned it uh, quickly there, was uh, Girl from the North Country, which is going to return to the West End for a short run from the 10th December to the 1st of February, so that's there for even longer. Uh, and that's going to be at the Gilgood Theatre. Now, I did see um, Girl from the North Country when it was in uh, the West End last year. It's uh, it's it's pretty good. It's uh, It uses um, a lot of the songs of Bob Dylan, in fact, all um, Bob Dylan songs, and not necessarily the ones you would expect. It's uh, a sort of mix of some of his famous songs, but some that aren't quite so famous. I didn't know probably 50% of them. Uh, I'm not a huge Bob Dylan fan, but uh, um, and they've 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 woven them into this this story, and it's a, it's a really interesting and again a, a very sort of different show, I suppose. You'd call it a sort of play with music rather than a musical, really. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you're into something different and you, you, you like Bob Dylan, really worth a look. And um, it's good that that's going to be back as well. Excellent. Yeah. Um, now, I'd, before we move on to other news, um, mm. I'd just like to uh, talk about briefly the 65th Evening Standard Theatre Awards. Um, right. For many people, the Evening Standard Awards are still almost... Like the almost alongside the Olivia is as, as really the sort of benchmark of theatre awards for the year. Um, and I know in the old days they were, of course, a much bigger deal, they were televised and everything like that. And I th- they probably still are, but uh, they're a they bit, probably are on a cable somewhere, yeah. I, I, I don't, I think ITV might cover them, um, but they're very much later at night and they're not as um well covered as they used to be i suspect but right. what's quite interesting is looking at the list of nominees uh, and and uh, there is some some really interesting uh, 
choices here. Best actor nominees include um, Wendell Pierce for Death of a Salesman. I know it's not a musical, but I, I was raving about it yeah. in the past. And it's also just transferred to the Piccadilly Theatre for mm-hmm. a, another month or so. And Andrew Scott for Present Laughter. Yeah. Uh, which is at the Old Vic. One of the things that really interests me is the nominations for Best Musical. Mm-hmm. And Come From Away, which right. is, as we know, uh, a musical that is, is, you know, doing great business. Yeah. Evita at the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre, which, of course, you reviewed uh, yeah. uh, recently. Fiddler on the Roof at the Minier mm-hmm. Chocolate Factory. And Sweet Charity at the Donmar Warehouse. And what <laughs> interests me about that is three of the four of yeah. those musicals are effectively revivals um and i just find that interesting because last year of course we did have a slightly different mix of shows and this year we seem to be going back to the sort of the more revivally kind of feel about the thing yeah but uh, i think you know i'm probably two of them i didn't see the sweet charity but i mean the evita was certainly very very different from the original in in tone and so maybe you know that's had something to do with it and i didn't see the fiddler either and i but i imagine the fiddler was quite traditional because it's all about tradition isn't it mm-hmm. so um, and i would guess that was fairly traditional but yeah that's really interesting isn't it i should so look forward to that i think it will be a very interesting night it's on mm. the 24th of november it's coming from the coliseum and as you say i'm pretty sure that it will be available somewhere you can either stream it or it might be available on a a normal channel maybe not live but uh, available and shortly you know, afterwards you, you know what cliff some of those some of those awards programs it's better if you in the past if you'd recorded them because you could just fast forward all of the all of the bits you didn't want yes <laughs> i listen to i had a, an Amer- <coughs> i have an american friend who gave me the short uh, the, the lowdown he said the way to watch american football he said because of all of the timeouts they have in american football he said what i do it, what, for the super bowl he said i start my dvr i start my my uh, tivo or whatever he's using to record it when it starts and then i i actually start watching it about two hours in and then (laughs) i fast forward through all of the uh, timeouts and he said by the time i get to the end it's just about real time finished just about caught up uh anyway just to yeah public uh, some, information some, some more excellent news yeah city of angels returns to the city of london mm. uh, i'm really really pleased about that it's one of my favorites and this is um a, a production which was on at the donmar and it was fabulous i saw it a really really good production um, and it's going to be at the Garrick for a limited season from March 2020. I don't know how long the limited season is. Um, and, and I did see, actually, some some more casting information, but I didn't have a chance to write it down today. But the cast includes Hadley Fraser, who was playing Stein uh, before when it was at the Donmar, and he was, he's, he's, you know, he's excellent. Um, I mean, think, I think there's more casting to be announced. But uh, uh, Cy Coleman um, wrote the music and lyrics by David Zippel. It's it's a, it's a really fabulous show, very brassy, very jazzy, um, and I'm really glad that's coming back. I'll definitely get to see that. And it, uh, I know that's one of your favourites, and <laughs> mm. uh, and I haven't uh, seen it, so I should definitely try and make uh, yeah. an effort to see it as well. It's, it's worth a go. It's one of those that's that's you know clever. It goes backwards and forwards in time, and it's uh, it's about a writer who's a, a screenwriter for films, and so some of it is is set in his film world, and some of it is set in the real world. It's a very clever, clever, clever show. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I it, 
if you haven't seen it, Cliff, I would, I would think. Oh you'd no, like definitely it. try to. There's loads of things, as with a lot of things, because you, I have a strange sort of job that often takes me yeah. away in the evenings. But uh, I see so many things I want to go and see and never, never manage it. But I will get there eventually. Absolutely. Um, shall we uh, move on to reviews? And uh, yes, you've got the reviews this week. You're have I got the reviews? Okay. Um, I shall start with probably the most controversial one that I've. Uh, I've done, and what I'm going to do, I, if you look on the Stage Door Cast page on Facebook, I've put uh, my one-word reviews Indeed on you there have. for the three shows that I'm going to review now in a few more words than one, um, <laughs> because I just wanted uh, to um, let you see how I, I arrived at them, and 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 hopefully encourage you to put some more one-word reviews on. We have got some for later on, haven't we? Yes, we have. We, we've definitely got several that we'll be. Um... Yeah, so I'll do my review, and then I will, um, I will tell you what the one-word review is. And, and the, I want to start with Mary Poppins. Yes. Now, Mary Poppins is the, uh, the, the Prince Edward. And I have to say, before I start this, I did see a preview. So it doesn't actually have its press night until the 13th, which is next week. So um, it, was a pre- it is a preview that I'm reviewing. Nevertheless, it was... Um, the complete show, although it did break down at one point, some of the um, <clears throat> moving scenery broke down, and we had a little five-minute gap. But that didn't didn't matter. Um, and I have to say, I felt the same seeing Mary Poppins this time as I did when I saw it in the West End the last time, and that was probably I don't know how long ago now, ten, fifteen years, yeah, maybe. Probably, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. And I felt the same, and that feeling was a little bit of disappointment that it wasn't quite as magical as I wanted it to be. I mean, I really enjoyed it, but I wanted to love it. I mean, just like I did with Chitty Bang Bang. I, I came out of Chitty Bang Bang feeling the magic, you know? Yeah. And uh, with Mary Poppins, both times I've seen it, I didn't really feel that magic. And um, it's really very slickly done. It has all of the great songs in it, um, plus some others that have been specially written for by by uh, Styles and Drew, um, and who also have done some rearrangement of some of the numbers, I believe. Um, so it had all of the good songs, um, all the flying scenes, um, and a really good cast. I, I just didn't feel the magic. Um, so the cast first. Zizzy Stradlin plays Mary, and um, it's Mary's portrayal that I really find confusing. And I, I, people, including you, Cliff, have, have probably solved that riddle for me. Okay, so she plays Mary, yeah. um, and very well. She sings it great. She's perfect for the part, and I think she's played it on Broadway as well. Um, I just found her really not very likable as a character in, in, in the show. Um, but we'll talk about that just afterwards. Charlie Stamp plays Bert, uh, Charlie Stemp, who was uh, in uh, Broadway in um, Hello Dolly recently, and uh, he's excellent. He's uh, Bert is the Dick Van Dyke part from the film. Um, he's full of energy, good dancer, very watchable. Uh, liked him a lot. The the uh, the Bankses, the two. Uh, the, the, the mother and father were played by Joseph Milson and Amy Griffiths, both excellent, and the two and the and the kids were fantastic as well. Um, the Bird Woman is played by Petula Clark, and that was one of the reasons that I really like Petula Clark. I loved her in uh, Sunset Boulevard as Norma Desmond, and um, of course this is sort of thirty years on from Norma Desmond, yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, it was a very different Petula. I mean, she sings um, Feed the Birds. 
and wanders around and <laughs> looks a bit lost, to be frank. Um, Did you feel, I, I think I saw you say, uh, comment, that she seems to be on the stage an awful lot. Well, they seem I got to be the ringing impression... The, the, the getting the yeah, best use out of I her. I got the impression that, you know, because the Bird Woman is really, I think, only in one scene. Yeah. And uh, she, sunk, she came on and did that scene and did Feed the Birds, and it was okay, and off she went. And then, you know, so you suddenly another scene started, and she was, the, she was there again. And you just got the feeling that they sort of felt, oh, we've got Petula Clark, we better get her on. But she doesn't actually do anything, you know, and when she does, it's another sort of verse of Feed the Birds. And I just felt she was a bit wasted, really. In she, that, she's sort of the equivalent in, in amateur theatre circles. There is what we know as the lady in the green dress phenomenon. <laughs> yes. And the, you get a lady who's very enthusiastic and a mainstay of the society. And when you're producing a show, they say, oh, you've got to give Gladys something to do. Yeah. But Gladys actually doesn't do that much. No. But you kind of put her in places, don't you? So well, you I just mean, sit there. You sit there, Gladys, and you just... Look I mean, nice. the, the consequence of that, of course, you know... And I, me, I'm not being sexist here. I mean, it could be a bloke called Herbert. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I, and the, the consequence of that is that, you know, to me, um, on that particular night, she just looked a bit bewildered about what was what was going on and why she was there. And uh, I, I don't blame her, to be frank. <laughs> um, you know, and don't get me wrong, it, the set pieces and the big numbers are fantastic. It's very colourful. It's very well done. And it tries so hard to be, uh, you know, magical and to be liked. And I did enjoy it, but I wanted to love it. So my one word review, unfortunately for this, is underwhelming. Yes. And and this then prompted a bit of a discussion um, on your Facebook page and with with several people pitching in, actually. Yeah. Uh, But one of the things I said was, and and I think there are a couple of really well-made points, which was that... that, um, uh, one of our friends, Irving, made the point that perhaps it's almost impossible to compare any stage show of that show if you know the film well, because you're always you you're always comparing it with something that you consider is perfection. Yeah. Um, I'm not so sure about that myself, but I did think that uh, one of the interesting things about having seen Saving Mr. Banks, the film, which explores the backstory of how. The, the film came to be made the original film of mary poppins came to be made yeah is that it it shows that the mary poppins character was not as saccharine as the julie andrews portrayal was no and i think that was my problem i also haven't read the books and somebody else our, our friend marion suggested that i should read the books and it's a good idea because i think that was part of the problem i think they, they, yeah. they're taking the character of mary from the books and putting it on stage and i think a lot of people who go will will expect the mary from the film and yeah. uh, that's where you know you get the sort of um mismatch of of, of what you're expecting and what you get yeah, and, because yeah. because uh, um, as I also said, that, that a lot of people made exactly the same criticism of Mary Poppins Returns, yeah, the film. I, I, I didn't know that. And, and they said, oh, the, the character's too acid, yeah. I, I suppose. Acid is, is the word I would use, but too acerbic. And actually, 
and Emily Blunt said this herself in interviews. She said the character is like that if you read the book. You know, yeah. That it is a much more less sympathetic character in many ways than than it has been portrayed in in sort of folk memory. Let's say. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all fine. But I think people going to the show, exactly, a lot of them may want <clears throat> they, you know the spoonful of sugar that is yeah. Julie Andrews. You know. Um, and that was the only thing. I mean, also somebody suggested to me that this was the touring set uh, because I was a bit disappointed that you could, you know, you could see the wires and everything. But that may be down to the fact that it was a preview. They haven't quite got the lighting sorted properly yet. And I'm sure things like that they will look at. I mean, I was sitting quite close as well. I wasn't, you know, uh, back of, back far enough to sort of get the whole picture. So I could see what was going on. But... Um, yeah, and um, that was the only thing. Uh, but the whole because of that character mismatch, uh, both this time and fifteen years ago, however long ago it was, yeah. I, I just felt a little the magic for me personally. It's only my opinion wasn't there, um, but the audience around me seemed to absolutely love it. So maybe it was just me. But um, that's my review, and my one word is underwhelming. I'm afraid. Yeah, and I think you've explained your feelings extremely well. Mm. Shall really I go have. on to my next one? Yes, why not? Well, my next one is fresh in my mind because I only saw it last night. And that's a new production of I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change, which is running at the Chiswick Playhouse, uh, which was formerly the Tabard Theatre. Now, again, I have to be very careful with a show that I know so well. I've done this show twice within two years, about again about 20 years ago but I know it really well and this is a revised version with new material um, they've done the uh, the thing of swapping genders in some of the some of the scenes and they've actually deleted some of the um, songs and some of the scenes to make it uh, well I suppose they think they're making it a bit more relevant to the world of today the show is yeah. all about dating and relationships and you know it goes from first date to marriage to old age um and explore sort of relationships at each of those uh, points in people's lives there's no real story to it they're not supposed to be the same characters all the way through it's just a collection of scenes and songs that explore relationships and um Again, unfortunately, I didn't think that some of the changes they'd made um, actually made the show any better. And I, th- I think they dropped a couple of songs, which were really, you know, highlights for me, um, unfortunately. But I can see what they were trying to do. They were trying to update it. So in, in, in a couple of the scenes, they had two men playing the scenes together or two women playing the scenes. And that's absolutely fine. Um, and those scenes worked and the new songs that they'd written for those scenes worked very well Um, I just didn't feel that again uh, it it all was as coherent as the version that was done previously and again it might just be me it might be me because I know it so well Um, and again the the audience seemed to like it the reviews that I saw today have, have been pretty good and it is pretty good I found it funny like I found it before um, but just to me they they, they drop the ball and, and drop some things that I think are still relevant today and um, would make it even funnier but what they have done they've streamlined it so it's now only in one act whereas before you could quite easily put an interval in uh, somewhere um, and so they've made it a sort of 80 minute uh, one act show now yeah. um, still good 
but I just didn't um, just didn't warm to it like I did when we, the version that we the version that we did. I oh, yeah. um, what do you think about an eighty minute single act show? I I, <clears throat> I kind of have um, mixed feelings about. Well, I think what they've done they, they they've done it so that it can run quite happily again on the fringe, whereas. Originally, it was a, a two-actor, you know, and they they tried it out in 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 mainstream theatre, and it hadn't been. I don't think it'd been the hit that they wanted it to be over here. Um, it was very American, and they've 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 changed some of the the wording so that it's 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 more suitable for a British audience, I think. But they've added quite a lot of swearing and you know stuff like that, and uh, a bit of rap and all that in the middle of one of the songs. And, you know, to be frank, if I'd seen that now, I, I wouldn't have wanted to do the show. It wouldn't have been my thing at all. Yeah. Um, so that, for me, again, only my opinion, um, I, it, it hasn't improved the show by doing those rewrites. I mean, 80-minute thing didn't didn't bother me. Um, I, I, I think it is what it is, you know, and it was only probably 90 or 100 minutes before but you could you could put a, an interval in and you could still have two halves of say 40 minutes or something which was was probably okay you know it probably felt quite tight but uh, not not over long i i actually like the there's a i was reading the review in what's on stage today yeah and there's a really rather amusing it's written by alan hood and it's alan is spelled with a u and i don't know alan myself um although i think we have a couple of common friends but I suspect he is Welsh, but he does say um, really um, what's not to love. But he does say the apparent determination to include almost every British regional accent except yeah. Welsh. What's wrong with Welsh gets a little bewildering. Well, I mean, that was the other thing that uh, my friend David, who I was with, uh, didn't like at all. The fact that it was done with regional British accents. And again, when we did it, it was an American show. We yeah. did it with American accents, and I think uh, I saw it, I saw that show. That was at um, Williams, wasn't it? Well, we did it at the Bull one year, and then the following Williams, year yeah. we did it at Williams. So, uh, and we 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 just did it was an American show, so we yeah. did it with American accents. Yeah. But here that again, they've tried to they've tried to make it more accessible to British audiences, and again, it doesn't quite didn't quite work. For I, us. I think you also made a really good point um, about. That, that trying to do it with a small cast yeah. doesn't always improve it. No. Well, I mean, the first time I saw the show, uh, I Love You're Perfect Now Change, was in Edinburgh. And um, they had four people in it who were running around. I mean, it was in a really hot theatre. And by the end of it, they were half they were half dead. But they yeah. were very good. It was a really... And it was that uh, version that encouraged me to do the show. I think I, think I saw that version, actually. I think, I think you did, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but we decided to do it with eight people just to uh, have a, a broader range of, of, of voices and characters and give people a time to, ch you know, have proper costume changes and not be running around backstage getting themselves all flustered. And we had eight people who wanted to do it, so we did it with eight. And it, I think it worked really well with eight people. And subsequently to our doing it, I've seen it again with four people, and I've always thought, and I thought again last night, no, I, for me... It needs, you know, a couple, maybe six or eight. It needs a few more people just to, just to give you that little sort of bit of breathing space and not feel that everybody's just running around frenetically, um, you know, trying to get their costume ready for the next scene. Yeah. <clears throat> but my one word, uh, so my one word for "I love you, you're perfect" now change is 
unimproved. Yes, and I think that's, uh, from what you said and from what I've read on other reviews, that's an entirely reasonable one-word review. Mm, yeah, mm. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to revise a show, you should be looking to improve it. And although they may have updated it to their satisfaction, I don't think it's improved. Yeah, and I think at this point we might bring in uh, Chris Bird, a friend of the show, his one-word reviews for mm. that he's sent us over the last week or so, and I'll do them in the order he sent them in. Um, one is uh, Fiddler on the Roof at the Playhouse, and his one-word review was Sightlines, and mm. I. Um, I can't find the picture. I someone else went to see this show and took a picture before the before the show started, um, and I can see exactly what he was getting about. You could see a lot that wasn't um, meant to be, you know, seen. Right. So, so uh, I think that, and uh, I think that was a justifiable one-word review. His second review was of uh, Kinky Boots in Milton Keynes, which he said was uplifting. Mm-hmm. And which I, and, <laughs> is that and his, because the boots were high heeled? Well, yeah, it... maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, and his third review was of Hamilton at the Victoria mm. Palace, which he said educational. Well, I, I don't suppose you can argue with that. I think it probably is very educational. I'm um, sure it is. Yeah, yeah American uh, history on a on a plate there. Yeah, isn't it, and really? if I ever get to get a ticket, I'll let you know if I agree <laughs> with that one word review, Chris. <clears throat> yeah, I think you can. Uh, I think you can get some tickets now. Let's move on to your third review. This will be quick because this one is actually finished now. You can't get to see it anymore, whereas the other two you can still get to see. And this uh, this is a show called Nice Work If You Can Get It. And it was done by the students at uh, arts educational schools. I've mentioned um, the theatre school shows that I go to see before, and they're always very, very good. And this was no exception. It's... Um, The Songs of George and Ira Gershwin. It's uh, a show that I think has been put together. Uh, It's not one that George and Ira Gershwin wrote as a show. It's just using their songs in a a story. And the story is really very frivolous uh, about, you know, bootlegging in America, bootleg um, booze rather in America in the uh, in the 20s so it's you can you can get the era from that it's a, f- a frivolous and fun show um, and it's of course got nice work if you can get it but lots of um, uh, fabulous George and Ira Gershwin songs and uh, a book by Joe DiPietro who actually uh, wrote uh, I love your perfect now change. So there's a link there. Yeah. It's uh, a great fun, a uh, great fun, funny, fast-paced show. Terrific tunes, and I think you know, well worth considering for amateur societies. It's uh, lots for people to do, lots of dancing, um, great characters, very funny. Um, but apparently, the uh, one of my friends told me the 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 rights are not available here just yet. But there was a production at um, the Gatehouse in Highgate last Christmas. It was their Christmas show, and now arts educational schools have done it. And so, it I think you know it's gradually being done here. And the more these things are done, and uh, the, the rights holders get to know that people in the UK want to do it, I mean, I think they're more likely to to release the the rights generally. So, um, if you if you're an amateur director or producer and you you want a fun show that involves a, a you know a big cast nice work if you can get it is one that's worth looking out for um when the rights do finally become available and my one word review for this is inspirational 
very good. And perhaps we can just remind people that it is possible to get tickets for these uh, student shows. It just you need to know where to look and where to go. Yeah, you just go onto the websites for each of the sh- uh, of the of the um, the schools, and they've got a list of what's on. And you can sign up, and um, and you can buy tickets, uh, but you do have to buy them quickly because they do sell out quite quickly. Uh, Understandably, but they're, they're always worth a look because yeah. they do some uh, original and new stuff, and they do old stuff but in a new and original way. So mm. you know, worth a, well worth a look, and very very reasonably priced as well. Yeah, a great way of getting a good night out. Yeah, so that's my reviews for this week. Good, excellent. Right, uh, so let's move back to uh, a couple more bits of news, and then we've got a talking point that we're going to end up with. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, David Hasselhoff, yeah. I'd like to talk about. The Hoff. <laughs> the Hoff is back. Um, David Hasselhoff is going to replace Brian Connolly as Franklin Hart Jr. in uh, 9 to 5 The Musical. He will officially step into the role in early December just in time for the holiday season and actually I've seen his face on posters on the tube (laughs) already so uh, they're really sort of hyping up the Hasselhoff um, and his move into 9 to 5 Of course he's uh, very popular over here Um, Yeah yeah, and so that might be a, that might be a good a good way of getting some people to see nine to five. You know, it's uh, he's a he's a popular figure, isn't he? Well, he normally does panto at Christmas over here, anyway. He does. Uh, yeah, so he does. Uh, it's not anything different for him. Uh, so unusually, doing something a bit more musical theatre. There's no real detail of when he starts. It just says he'll step into the role in early December. But uh, you know, I'm sure. It will be plastered all over the website. Yes, I'm actually, sure you're right. When he's actually taking over. Yeah. <laughs> and Footloose, a new Footloose, tour. Of Footloose. Yes. Footloose, a new new tour, starring Gareth Gates as Willard. I mean, I don't know who Willard is. I've never seen Footloose, but uh, it's going to start in Wimbledon on the 24th of April 2020, and it's going all over the country. Um, it sounds like quite a long tour because there's quite a lot of places mentioned with further yeah. venues to be, be be announced. So, if you like Footloose or the, that type of show, it's going to be coming to a uh, a, a town near you so with gareth gates i don't know how long he's in it for but he's starting off in it anyway yeah well that'll be interesting and there will be lots of gareth gates fans who will want to go and see that in any yeah, and case of course, he's another one isn't he who's uh who's sort of done quite a lot of musicals now he he started off as uh, was it x factor i think uh, it was X-Factor, yeah i think it was it? yeah and um then went went into musicals and uh yeah he's 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 his name's on a lot of them now so yeah, well, like Will guess. Young has made the change over into sort of musical theatre acting quite successfully. Yeah, in I saw him years. in Cabaret. He did um, he did the MC in Cabaret when yeah. he was last in town. Very good he was as well. So Great. There you go. So our final talking point for this week, I think, is um, standing ovations. Yes, I, I put this down, didn't I? Yes, and, you did. Uh, <laughs> so you can lead this topic. Well, I, I, it it wasn't just Mary Poppins. I mean, it, uh, <clears throat> but it struck me at uh, Mary Poppins that uh, you know the the last chord happened and everybody shot to the well, apart from me, <laughs> shot to their feet. Now, I've got nothing against standing ovations, but it sort of happens every show now. You know. Uh, uh, the thing finishes and people just leap to their feet. I mean, whether it's been great 
mediocre, okay. Um, people just leap to their feet. And I end up standing up because I can't see what's going on. And I like to see the bows. You know? yes. and, and, you know, part of me is thinking, I hope they don't think I'm standing up because I thought they were excellent. I'm not. I'm just standing up because I want to want to see what's going on. Um I, you know, it's an American thing, isn't it? I think it, it's come from there because I don't remember it being quite so so prevalent everywhere, every show. No, it, it takes me back a few months when we were sitting in the audience uh, and we did discuss this at the time because the podcast hadn't quite started at this point. Jackie and I went to see Company and I know you went the same week because we went mm. the last week. You went on the Saturday and you'd already been to see it previously. Yeah. And um, I think I might mention to you actually on the show that when we saw it uh someone sitting next to us had literally just arrived from Heathrow having flown from New York to see it Mm. and said to me I may well fall asleep Uh, but the lady who was sitting on my right uh, was another lady who was the the world's biggest Patti Lapone fan right and she gave a standing ovation to virtually everything Patti Lapone did, including every single line. She was on her feet up and down um, more yeah. times than you could count, really. And yeah. uh, I do know what you mean. It is a kind of affectation that seems to have got... We seem to have inherited from from the, from the Americans, yeah. I guess. and, um, you know, I like I like watching the bows from a from a sort of director's point of view I like to see how they do it and how they get people on and get people off and suddenly everyone's leapt up in front of you and you have to stand up if you yeah. want to see see what's going on and I mean I'm not it's not, it's not Mary Poppins really but um Petula Clark was the one I mean she came on and everyone stood up and I mean she'd been on probably in the whole show for four minutes five minutes um and I like Petula but you know is that is that worthy of a standing ovation? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. I don't know. Sing one song, look bewildered, get a standing ovation. I mean, I've done it many times. You know, Well, I think there are also certain shows where you get to the end or you get to a particularly dramatic... I can think of shows where a standing ovation is entirely appropriate or Mm. often happens because it's a particularly emotional song or it's just one of those torch songs that someone does exceptionally well and and the audience feel compelled to show their enthusiasm in that way but the sort of feeling that you've got to do it just because everyone else is doing it well i I think that's that's it and i think it sort of dilutes what it's for really if if it's going to be every show i mean every performance and everyone's up you know um i think it sort of it should be reserved for you know the truth the really excellent shouldn't it i think yeah i I don't i'm i'm thinking back a few years and uh you know i don't remember you know you get a smattering of people standing up who really obviously loved it and the rest of us would would just be sitting there applauding but now you know it just seems um you know it's so commonplace that you just expect to have to get up to watch watch the bows basically well well um, it, it, there are a couple of other pet hates of mine and one of them is that the audience applauding along in time with the music on the <laughs> curtain calls which i really hate because um, it has to be said in the west end generally audiences are pretty good and they keep the time very well but it sort of takes away 
the the proper applause that you should yeah. get for your performance. Yes. So what, all you get yeah. is is sort of orchestrated clapping by numbers. So, <laughs> so you can't really tell if it's for you. You come out for your bow, and you're yeah. just hearing an audience clapping along with the music. And I, okay, I get it. I do know what's going on there, but I do think it's it does slightly great with me. And you can say, oh, it's just Cliff being a boring old fart, but. I think we're just having our Statler and Waldorf moment. Yeah, here. we probably are, but that's one thing that really does, you know, uh, I do feel kind of think, oh, I wish people would just applaud properly and give mm. proper appreciation. Yeah, yeah. But, and the next thing will be, of course, clapping along while on your feet doing your standing ovation. Well, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, you know, there's no right or wrong to it. It just um, <clears throat> struck me that it's much more prevalent than it used to be. It seems to be every single show now, and yeah. um, pretty much everybody, really. And I, you know, I think maybe other people are like me. They just think, oh, I've got to stand up, otherwise I won't be able to see what's happening, whether I want to or not. You know. Yeah, well, um, I suppose so. And, and don't get me wrong. I, we went. Uh, I we saw had a standing ovation at the end of Funny Girl, uh, the Savoy, uh, for Sheridan Smith, and mm-hmm. uh, and entirely justified. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a, you know, it's just a superb performance. And what you're mm-hmm. doing there is you're appreciating the overall performance over the whole cycle of the show, not just a particular number. But also the peer pressure of it all makes you feel really guilty if you don't stand up. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't worry about the peer pressure. If, <laughs> I, I'm quite happy to sit grumpily in my seat and just applaud normally and not in time with the music. <laughs> um, I have no problems with that. But um, good for you, Cliff. Well, good for you. you know, uh, I just I'm, I'm not saying I, I don't mind anyone. You know, do what you want to do. But it, I agree with you. It, it does seem slightly overdone. Uh, I shan't do it next time. I sh- yeah. Well, maybe next time it will be totally warranted. Well, that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And well, I suppose though, it comes down to personal opinions to what is warranted, what warrants it, and what doesn't, doesn't it? That's I suppose where we are with this, isn't it? Do what yeah. you want. Stand up if you want to. Absolutely. And of course, everyone's got their own particularly favourite show, and you know that that's completely understandable as some people um and and they might have a particularly emotional attachment to a particular number or something like that but we'll just have to see yeah absolutely anyway that's a very very good grumpy talking point to finish the show on um (laughs) we will look forward to our listeners sending us more one word reviews yeah please do they're fun i think it's fun i think they're fun as well and uh so if you've got a one word review uh, why not write in and tell us our email address is mail at stagedoorcast.co.uk and if you've got any sort of comments or thoughts about anything we've talked about or you would like to suggest things that we could talk about in the future or shows we could see we'd be really pleased to hear from you at the same address so Richard what's your week looking like next week well I haven't got many shows but I am going to see a show which um after we did I Love Your Perfect Now Change was one of the ones that I was thinking of doing. And it's a two-person show, which was a hit in America, not so much here, and it's called I Do, I Do. And I'm going to see it at uh, the Gatehouse in Highgate over the weekend. So that will be um, 
reviewed next time enjoy enjoy until next time and and the next podcast will probably come out slightly early because i'm going to new york uh for a week mm. so uh, and i'm hoping to see a show in new york and i will definitely report back but we'll probably record a podcast um show 15 will probably come out a few days earlier so that uh, oh, i don't have to try and record it down the line from new york which will cause all sorts of technical problems well i'm sure there'll be delays and all sorts oh, of I stuff know, i know i know i know so and also the time difference yes um but until next time uh, thank you all for listening and from me goodbye and from me goodbye also goodbye